This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, February 15th. Happy President's Day. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who only a select few lucky individuals receive a coveted Valentine from, Jerem Jordan. Well, if it was BYU Sports Nation, it goes to everybody. Uh, here are a few in case you missed it. Uh, Jim or Fredette, alone on Valentine's Day, Fredette about it. <laughs> That's one of them. Wow. Okay, and then uh, another one. You're the one for me, Zach. Wilson. One of my favorites that I saw yesterday created by a fan was Brandon Bradley with his knee down against uh-huh. Utah in 2010 no! and said, I will get down on one knee for you, Valentine. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. He was down! Yes, he was. Oh, man. I don't know. It was a funny Valentine. It is funny, but now the, the energy's kind of gone away. Funny. <sighs> Sorry. Okay. Ah. Reset. Are we on? Reset the chi. We're feeling good on a holiday. Here's your show lineup. Zach Wilson, not a captain for the BYU football team, but on the leadership council. Is that somehow a problem for his draft stock? Because that became a thing. We'll talk about it. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler joins us to discuss these Zach Wilson draft projections and a desired course for any late additions to the BYU basketball schedule. Plus, BYU basketball turning down a rival over the weekend? We'll get into that. And another record-breaking weekend for BYU Athletics overall. It's good to be number one. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Top-ranked men's volleyball beat number 7 Pepperdine twice in three sets and then four over the weekend. It was tight, though. Six of the seven sets decided by the minimum amount of two. The one that wasn't was a 25-6. to six. That was incredible. That was unbelievable. It was crazy. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Davide Gardini led the way. 58 combined kills in the two matches. Cougars host Grand Canyon, the entire natural... Uh, you know, thing, uh, Thursday and Saturday. It's also school. What a weekend for BYU men's track and field and women's track and field for that matter. In the men's 5,000, Connor Mance, 13-minute, 28-second 5,000. Good for number one in the world this year. Number one in the NCAA and number one BYU all-time. Casey Klinger claims the number two spot in the NCAA and BYU all-time in the men's 3,000. Brandon Garnica not far behind that. Now, in the women's 3,000, Courtney Weymouth, 8 minutes, 54 seconds, 90 hundredths, is number one in the NCAA this season. Number two BYU all-time. Mm. Olivia Hodge-Simister, number two in the NCAA this season, and third BYU all-time. That all happened in one weekend. That's gnarly, and what uh, the runners are doing is just incredible. Great stuff. Cougars in the pros. Brandon Davies scored 10 points, had eight rebounds as Barcelona defeated Real Madrid to win the Copa del Rey in Spain. TJ Haas scores 21 in a truffle Sopote 92-56 win in Poland. And Jake Toulson, way by the Salt Lake City Stars in the G League after suffering a season-ending foot injury after just, just one game in the G League bubble. That's yeah, that's unfortunate because he started that game, uh, had five points, so we're wishing the best for Jake as he recovers from that. 11th-ranked BYU Gymnastics posting their highest score of the season, 197.075 in Cedar City. If you're not familiar with gymnastics scores, a 197 is the type of score that a top-four team in the country puts up on a consistent basis. So there's that. Brittany Vikowskis had a career-high 9.925 on the floor. BYU had their highest team vault score of the season, 49.1. 
and the number eight highest bar score as a team in program history, 49.375. They're rolling, Jeremy. Ladies are on fire, man. Call the fire department. And the women's hoops team won at St. Mary's, 79-61, thanks to a season high 28 from Paisley Harden. Whoa! You're now 14-3, last team in the NCAA tournament, according to ESPN bracketologist Charlie Cream. Matched up against Tennessee right now, which would be fun in the opening round. It's not uh, your mom's Tennessee, though. No, Pat Summit's not walking through that door, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. 10th-ranked BYU women's Jamaica soccer. Jamaica holds claw. <laughs> Faces USC today, 3.30 Eastern on the BYU radio app, 107.9, and the BYU Cougars app. Yeah, not the BYU Sorry, radio. Just BYU Radio, BYU Radio, 107.9, yeah. and the BYU Cougars app. Yep, you can listen to it anyway. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, here we go again. Zach Wilson's character up for debate. First, Jerem, it was he's a spoiled brat. Comes from a rich home. Oh, you don't want to deal with a kid like that. His teammates, media members all came to his defense about a month ago. Saying, ah, oh, it's a bunch of and, junk. And that was the defense, best defense played against Zach Wilson since Coastal Carolina. <laughs> then there is, oh, he's driving a Maserati. He's living in this posh house. See, we told you he was spoiled, only to find out, well, his agent's providing all of that. Oh, oh to be, Brigham Young said the Saints would be uh, cursed with riches. I would like that cursing. So Zach didn't buy that, but yeah. he's good, and he's, that's what agencies do. Then there's this. Zach Wilson wasn't a captain for the 2020 BYU football team. He was a member of the leadership council. This is a little bit weird. Why wasn't Zach Wilson a captain? Does that say something about his teammates not trusting him? Is his character again in question? Is this a Bo Callahan situation from the movie Draft Day where oh, nobody went to his birthday party? That means they didn't like him. They didn't trust him. He's not a real leader. Jerem, here we go again. Should Zach Wilson's captain status matter when it comes to the NFL draft. I think it should a little bit. So when this came out originally in September, September 4th, BYU names its four captains, I said, I think it's a little weird that Zach Wilson's not one of the four. Um, I, typically the quarterback, I think, should be in there, um, unless it's like a true freshman thing and it's just different, right? Um, and, and it wasn't like BYU named four seniors. Um, you know, they, they had two juniors in there with Lopini Cato and James Empey. So. And Brady Christensen, three juniors. Three juniors, right. So at first... It gave, it gave me pause. I go, oh, that's different. It's interesting. But then I see the reaction of his teammates who came to his defense. Troy Warner did. Johnny Linhan did. And so on and so forth. This is voted on by the team. Yes, but I saw the way he led and the way that his teammates reacted to him. And is it everything if you're a captain? Is it everything if you're not? Like, it, it gives me pause initially. But there was a moment like this after the San Diego State game where he ends the game ball to Isaiah Kafusi. Listen, if all you see is, is select parts of Zach Wilson, you would think one thing about him. But we know him really well, and we know that he is a captain on the team. He, they put the C on his chest after that, by the way. Yes. You don't put the C on there if he's not a leader. And the way he's shaking Dak's hand, right? no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, at, the way he executes on the field, the way he led the offense, like what's ultimately <laughs> leadership? Is it is it that you get voted a guy, or is it that you actually execute the game plan and that your teammates rally around you? I I think that mo- matters more than the preseason vote. Yes, and if there was a midseason vote, he would have been the would captain. Would that have changed? Yes, I'm the captain now. 
That's Zach Wilson at midseason. I totally agree with that. Let's not judge a man for who he was before the season started, but for who he is now. And three games into the season, not even halfway, Jerem, everybody on that team saying, oh, Zach Wilson's at another level. He's a leader. We heard it from them. They were saying those exact words. So he was a captain three games into the season. I'm like, will this drop him from two to four if the Jets are like, I don't know. Whatever. He's going to be a Who top cares? 10 pick. I don't – yeah. I I mean, I could see where a GM's like, oh, really? But, like, get to know the kid and tell me if you still feel the same way. Ask him what the situation is. And if you really want to know, talk to his teammates. Hey, why wasn't Zach Wilson right. voted a captain preseason? Right. To get to know somebody, you don't talk to them. You talk to those around them. And think about what Zach Wilson was coming off in the 2019 season. He had up and down, shoulder surgery, wasn't all the way healed. Not a great bowl game. Broken thumb. Yes, a broken thumb. There were three different quarterbacks that started games in the 2019 season. So for me, it's like, well, yeah, I can see why he wouldn't be a clear-cut captain because the guys up and until fall camp were not entirely sure from the coaching staff that they were all in on Zach Wilson. We knew they were offline conversations with the coaching staff, but they're not telling the team. They're not telling the team that, oh, he's the guy. Now, if he was the clear-cut number one quarterback guy and had – a decent to good 2019 season, he'd have been a captain, Jaron. But injuries, just the weird feeling, three games in, it doesn't matter. He was awesome. Yeah. He's a captain three games into this last season. It, and it's fair to ask this question, um, to point out that he wasn't and if that's the situation. I think that's a fair conversation. I think around here, a lot of times, and I bring this up, if something's negative, we dismiss it or just ignore it. When it's like, no, 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 we should still discuss it, even though it's uncomfortable. Like, Zach Wilson was not a... Uh, you know, top eight captain or one of the four on the offense. Is that an issue? You know, is, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. But is it much of a thing? Yeah, no, probably not. Especially not when the C shows up later on his jersey as the season moves on. Right. So, I, not, non-starter for me at this point. If it drops him from two to four, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, if you can avoid being on the Jets, that's probably a good thing. Who knows? <laughs> Topic a, two. It's a ploy by the Falcons to make Make him drop a couple of spots. Yeah, you really want to be with the Jets? After its games with Wyoming were canceled, the Herald-Journal and Logan reported Utah State tried to get a game with BYU and Provo, but the Cougars reportedly turned it down. If this report is true, Spencer, should BYU have taken the game versus Utah State? No, I just don't see any reason BYU should take anything at home that is a quadrant two Win or potential loss, Jim. Like, what if Utah State wins that game? BYU has, don't reschedule St. Mary's. BYU has mortals. I don't even care if BYU schedules St. Mary's now. Even though I, I think BYU That's would, would, would yeah. win that game, I think Utah State is a potential tournament team, and St. Mary's is definitely not. So yeah. different levels there. Yeah. So the concern factor isn't high for me with St. Mary's coming to Provo, but Utah State coming in, knowing that they're desperate to get another big win. Like Utah State has everything to gain by coming to BYU and getting a quadrant one win. BYU, quad two game, they lose that? Then it hurts their resume. And, and even if they beat Utah State, it's like, well, they beat them twice, but it's a quadrant two win. Congratulations. You're not going to do much to your seating. So there just wasn't much upside for BYU to take a game like this if it were actually in the works, to have them come to Provo, meaning the Aggies. So I, it's got to be an upside for both teams. This, it's a Coastal Carolina-BYU football situation. It's like, oh, would it be good for both teams? Yes. Utah State. In the, in the end, it wasn't. Utah State, BYU basketball, it's really good for Utah State. Not so much for BYU, even if they win the game. 
Yeah, Chris Burgess said, uh, you know, on, on the air, BYU was looking for a quad one game, meaning a top 30 at home, a top 50 neutral, or a top 75 on the road. I, I think it would have been fun. I say, why not? Um, I don't think it hurts you that much. It, it, it you lose? You, yeah, it helped you a little bit and hurt you a little bit. Oh, man. If you take a home loss to Utah State. It's quad two. It's not that, a terrible. No, quad fa- three or four. It, it faults the Aggies, terrible, but it pushes yeah. the Cougars' seed line down. I don't know. Maybe that's a good but, thing because people are like, I don't win- want BYU to be an 8-9 seed. Right, but if you win, you have another quad two win. That's good. It's just as good as a quad two loss is bad. Um, so I would have been fine with it if that was the case. But it sounded clearly like BYU was aiming for a quad one. And Mark Pope told me after the Pope show Tuesday, listen, we, we want a quad one, but we can get quad fours. It's just, is there value there yeah, for no. us? And, and there is in, like, Ken Palm, you could, you could just blow out a team and have a better <laughs> – like, after BYU played Portland, what happened? BYU shot up in the Ken Palm uh, rating, which was good. So it's not necessarily a terrible thing to play a quad four. By the way, good stuff with Pepperdine over the weekend beating St. Mary's. St. Mary's just not good this year. I, I told you, like, no offense to Tommy Cousy, good player. If Tommy Cousy is your best player, you are not a tournament team. Yet you they're just still aren't. top 75 in the net, so it counts which, as which a quad one victory for BYU. Yes, and, and Pepperdine up to 107, meaning that's firmly a quad two game, uh, quad two loss on the road. That's not a bad loss. BYU does not have, under Mark Pope, a quad three or four loss. Those losses that used to plague BYU to the point of extreme frustration with the fan base and us and the players of the team, of course, aren't happening. So BYU 3-3 three and three in Quadro. don't have the four Quad 1 wins right now because, uh, you know, what was it? Utah State dropped out or whatever. Um, San Francisco yeah. was Utah at one State's point. 50, so it's sitting. Yeah. What was the, Utah, yeah. Utah State is still a Boise Quad 1 Boise State dropped to 38. In net, they'd been kind of top 20. So that's, that's the one that dropped. That's a Quad 2 loss. Yeah. So Three and three in quad one, two and two in quad two. That's fine. BYU's in a firm, good spot for a single digit right now, which is which is awesome. But I would have liked the Utah State game. I, I would have been fine with them. Let's update the BYU basketball resume and the important metrics in the net. BYU twenty nine, oh, awesome. As of Monday morning, if you're in the top that's, thirty, that's you are two. solid. That's down two from twenty seven on Friday. Yep. Ken Palm straight up thirty plus three there. Remember when BYU was like in the fifties a couple weeks? I ago? remember when they were in the sixties. I remember when they were in the 70s. It was not good to begin. Basketball Power Index, plus 1 to 31. KPI, 22. Holding strong. Strength of record, 28. Sagarin rating, 27. Oh, BYU's crazy solid right now. Look at that. CBS Sports and Jerry Palm has BYU as a 9 seed in his latest bracket. Team rankings give BYU an 8 seed, or at least the best chance to be an 8 seed of any of the seeds. 0.3%. And bracket matrix... Has BYU with an average of 8.36 seed. 100 out of 100 brackets. So whoever oh, the one in. bracket was that had BYU out has updated after two months. There are 100 brackets. And now Thank has you. BYU Spencer. in. <laughs> you are welcome. There are 100 Thank you. brackets. That's incredible. One vote in the AP Top 25 poll this week too, Jerem. 45th overall. Who cares? Why don't I make a bracket? I should make a bracket. Make 101. We've discussed this before. I have nothing going on. The I'm not, BYU Sports Nation bracket. <laughs> There's nothing going on. The BYU's in bracket. BYU's a one seed. <laughs> Would it be good enough to make it into bracket matrix? Dude, you're, like, your mom, you I think your mom logic? has a bracket in there, man. Like, everybody has a bracket in there. <laughs> 100 brackets. I love it. All right, basketball out, football in for our question of the day. Should Zach Wilson 
not being voted as a captain matter when it comes to the NFL draft? Let's hear from you, BYUSN and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ames Flames answers on Twitter. I'm annoyed that this is even a question. It's a ridiculous rumor spread as a draft tactic. I disagree. It should be discussed. We love Zach, and we all know what kind of a person-player teammate he is. Isaiah Kafusi running onto the field to his defense at the Coastal Carolina game spoke volumes. Now, I think it's a thing. I want to be clear. This is a thing. But I don't think it's much of a thing. But it should be discussed. It's a thing. If Trevor Lawrence wasn't a captain at Clemson, that'd be weird, right? Well, based off go, of what Trevor eh, Lawrence wait a did. Wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, like he had already not, earned he'd already earned the respect and trust of his team going in. I'm not sure Zach had all of it going into the season. And how yeah, how do you quantify leadership? You make him a captain, right? So I, I'm not saying he's not a great leader or something. I'm just saying this should be discussed and is a fair yeah. question to ask. He was a captain at Again, the end of the season. Don't dismiss it just because it's negative. That happens all the time around here. Don't do it. Still talking out. Coming up, does the best time on the planet impress you? And dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us. Is Zach not being a captain a deal to the former quarterback? And should BYU play Utah State in basketball? We'll ask him next as BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, Coach Greg Bell, preview the Cougars game at Pacific and LMU. Chat with Colby Lee and Deep Blue Profile Assistant Coach Cody Fieger. Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV. We are live on President's Day. Hope you're enjoying your holiday wherever and however you're connected. From Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. And our man joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the dual-thread analyst of football and basketball, Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback. Blaine, happy President's Day. Same to you guys. Glad to be with you. I wish I was in the studio with you, and I, and I could come in since I already had COVID and wouldn't get you guys sick. I could come in, right? But, <laughs> we, we but got yeah, for some reason, you're, you're no, you stay at home with a BYU stadium picture behind you yes. full and don't come in here. That's the treatment I get. So. <laughs> you haven't done enough on your resume to earn the right back Once in you're the here studio, 40 maybe. years, then you can come in, Blaine. <laughs> that, then I can do it? Okay. I've got six to go. Blaine, you just heard us talking about Zach Wilson and the fact that he wasn't a captain preseason. He was on the leadership council, but then he was wearing the captaincy later in the season. Apparently this is a thing because everything is under the microscope when it comes to a top five quarterback in the NFL draft. Do you feel like it's an issue at all that Zach Wilson wasn't a captain going into the season? I don't think I don't think it's an issue at this point. I, I do think it's fair game to ask about it. Um, when you're going to spend the kind of money and not only not only uh, contract money but upfront guaranteed money for a top five type draft pick, then every question is okay to ask, in my opinion, right? And so, but but I think there's plenty of great answers for that. So the question's asked: Well, wait a minute, why was this guy not a captain? And Spencer, you've alluded to some of the issue that he was hurt a big portion of the season the year before um, they put the job up for grabs in the summer because of that. Other guys had started at that position. I, I love what Kalani did. Um, and that he said, Hey, the job is, is up for grabs. 
And Zach, you have to go earn the job. And not only do you have to earn the starting job, you've got to earn the respect of your teammates and establish yourself as, as a leader. And so this was a process over the summer. I think that process was awesome for the football team. And I think it was awesome for Zach Wilson because I think he did earn the trust of the team. They watched his work and they watched that he didn't complain for one second about not just being named the guy. Um, everyone watched the way he handled himself and how he was humble and did those things. And I thought it really helped the chemistry of this football team. So you can ask the question, right? Um, and, and believe me, when these scouts and, and GMs, when they talk to Kalani Sataki, when they talk to Aaron Roderick, who was the quarterback's coach, every question is fair game. They're certainly asking that question, right? Mm -hmm. But the answer they're getting from Aaron and from Kalani is, oh, this dude's a phenomenal leader. He got these guys to rally around him. We, we basically told him he had to compete for the job. He didn't complain. All he did was compete. And in, in that, earned the trust of his teammates. End of story, right? He's, he was a phenomenal leader this year. So is it fair to ask it? Of course, everything's fair to ask, right? Um, but I think the question is very easily answered. And if you ask the right people, ask the coaching staff what they thought the teammates, they will unanimously tell you that he is and was a phenomenal leader. And asking healthy uh, questions in the pursuit of figuring out the best solution is the basis of the religion that funds the, the uh, university here, right? Let's, and let's assess the leadership type of uh, qualities that Zach Wilson has. I don't think he's the guy that would get up and motivate the group per se verbally, although he probably could do that. To me, he's the guy that goes, come on. I've prepared really well. I'm going to lead us down the field. I'm going to lead us into a game-winning drive. Like, that's the type of leader I see him as. How do you see him? Yeah, he, he's a pace setter, I would call him. I don't know if that's a leadership style. And a pace setter, I mean, he's somebody that when, when folks are watching him, when his teammates are watching him, they just say, whoa, this dude is just relentless. He never stops watching film. He, he never wants to come out of a rep in practice. He, he, he's a pace setter. And they look at that and go, he's putting the work in. Therefore, I need to put the work in. And then there's that confidence on the field that when they're in a clutch situation, they go, well, I, I've watched this guy put the work in. So I know he's going to go out and compete and make good decisions and do the right thing. And, and so that I would call his leadership style pace setter style where he sets the tone. He sets the example. He's not a go scream in your face guy, but he is a guy that has respect and he gets in the huddle and, and says, Hey, come on guys. This is, this is a big moment. We've got to make plays and people respect that. So not a jump up and down, get in your face, yell at you guy, um, but an example guy, and I'll take that all day long. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing Zach Wilson, and I want to talk about his draft projections. We've seen everywhere from number two to the New York Jets or whoever trades up to get the New York Jets pick. Ford, Atlanta, Carolina's in the conversation, San Francisco's in the conversation. Blaine, where do you see Zach Wilson going at this point, knowing everything that we know? Well, where do I want him to go <laughs> or where do I think he'll go? Cause those are two different questions, right? So I would love to see him. I'd love to see him at the Niners, but I don't think he'll fall that far. Cause I think the Niners are a team ready to bounce back because they have other pieces and they need a player like Zach. So from a fit, uh, the style of offense, a team that's ready to compete, that would be great. Carolina's kind of that way too. So you almost hope um, for his ability to contribute and, and all of that, that he could go to one of those. Atlanta's not a bad place for him to be. 
because Atlanta, you get a chance to perhaps learn for a couple of years, and that's not a bad deal. Steve Young got it. Well, at first, Steve Young didn't get a chance to do that, and it was miserable. You guys may not be old enough to remember. He was with the LA Express, and then he went to Tampa, and they were awful, right? This is back before it was Champa Bay, and uh, <laughs> he just got beat up. When, 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 when Steve finally had a chance to go play behind a great player and learn is when Steve blossomed. Then of course he took over and, and he's a hall of famer now. And so there's some, there, you know, there's something to be said for having a chance to learn and not be thrown right into it on a terrible football team. I didn't even mention the name of the jets, but let's just say that's what I'm talking about. Um, my worry is that he will go number two to the jets. <laughs> and, and, and my hope is that, he goes to Atlanta or Carolina or the 49ers, or maybe somebody trades up and gets him. I, I, to me, I'd rather have him go a few spots further down the line and uh, or have somebody trade up to get him and, and be in a better situation with a team that's more prepared to have support around him. Okay, Blaine, but what about San Francisco's defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, going to New York as the head coach and taking the 49ers quarterback coach? Would that make you feel any better about Zach suiting up for the Jets? It helps me from a scheme perspective, but it doesn't help me from the rest of the personnel on that <laughs> offense perspective. So, and, and it's about, Hey, we, we, we saw how important a great offensive line is in the Super Bowl, Right. And so as, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, and as well thought out as that chief's offense is when you're missing your two tackles um, against a good football team. And, you know, obviously the Tampa Bay's front seven, especially the front four is, the word that we don't we we rarely use they are elite elite right um but so is kansas city's offensive line that's one of the reasons they're so great you lose fisher from that left tackle all of a sudden you can't move the football and so you got the most brilliant mind in the world um calling the plays you can have a phenomenal quarterback um but if you're not great on the offensive line you have a hard time competing in that league and that's my issue right now with the jets if somehow the Colts came up and got Zach. That would be the best situation for what you're talking about in terms of a team ready to I win love with an offensive yep. line, with a running back ready to go, with a decent crop of receivers. But I don't see how that's going to happen unless they sell the farm and get that high. Yeah, they're, they're, they would have to make some type of phenomenal behind-the-scenes deal. But I'm with you. If we're just picking a place for him to go where he can thrive, oh, man, that would be phenomenal, right? Um, but – I don't know that he's going to have a chance to go to a place like that. So, and and who knows? And and who knows what else the Jets could get in this draft, right? Do they pick up a a, a couple of good interior linemen? And, they could get Penny uh, Sewell. Go to receive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but if they get Penny Sewell with the number two pick, then they won't get Zach Wilson. So because he'll be gone. So, um, yeah, I, I I think there's some good fits for him and. The, the worst case scenario for him to, to me is the Niners with that number 12 pick. That's the worst case scenario. And I honestly think when it's all said and done, he's going to be the number two quarterback to come off the draft board behind Trevor Lawrence. Worst case meaning that's how far he could drop to 12. That's the worst. Believe me, that's not a bad case, right? <laughs> Going to that team. But I'm saying, when I say worst case, Jeremy, you're exactly right. I'm saying the furthest he would fall in the draft, in my opinion, is number 12 to the Niners. Okay, Blaine, let's talk some BYU basketball now. 
According to the Herald-Journal in Cache Valley, Utah State attempted to get a game with BYU and even said, hey, we'll go to the Marriott Center in Provo. Let's play. We know the Aggies are on the bubble. They're looking for a quad one game. It would have been a quad two home game for BYU. If that report is indeed true, should BYU have taken the game against Utah State rather than going through this long layoff? In my opinion, not at this point. Not at this point. I, You know, if they could have gotten a – uh, a big game that was a quad game, that quad one game that really helped them. Um, then I think that that's the kind of game you look for. But to play Utah State again, a team that they already beat. Um, and here's the thing: it's I know they said, "Hey, we'll come down to the Marriott Center," but unless you can pack that place, uh, it's not the home games aren't the same as home games were, right? It's 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 just not. You just don't have the same feel. You you know if you if you get behind. And, and go to make a run, there's not a home crowd to sustain you to, to keep the energy. I and mean, we saw that in Boise State, right? And so it's a risk. And at this point, should BYU really take a risk on a game like that? They, they should play a game that if they win, it helps them. If they lose, it doesn't really hurt them. And I don't know that it hurts them dramatically. Um, but you know, for em- everything we're seeing, they're an eight or a nine seed right now in the tournament. The, the games they have remaining on the schedule should be – I mean, as I was looking at the ESPN predictor, and I don't know how much I believe in that, but let's just use that as a reference. I think the the lowest chance of winning they have in their next three games is 70%, right? And so then they then they go into that WCC tournament, and whether they play Gonzaga again or not, we'll, we'll see. But there, there really isn't, in my mind, a compelling reason to play Utah State at this point. Um, BYU's played enough games. They got games coming up this this um, this week. I didn't see the need to do it. And then you look at what BYU is playing this week with Pacific and LMU. Uh, a couple of uh, Pacific, at least, is a quad two game. LMU is quad two, I think, right now. So these these are important games. Hopefully they stay quad two on Selection Sunday. That'd be nice. Uh, what what concerns you, if anything, about this road trip? I, I, I worry about the layoff, right? And that's why I would have worried about that game on Saturday, right? It's it's I worry about a layoff, and I worry about um, – being a little bit rusty in terms of everybody remembering their roles and, and uh, playing at, at full speed and playing with confidence and remembering where your shots come, all that. Honestly, that's the only thing I'm worried about. And I'm worried about that early in the first contest, right? I think once they get the wheels back under them and they, and they start to remember how they played together um, in, in the Portland game or even in the second half of the Gonzaga game, I think I think they'll be fine. I, I think they come out with wins in both road games this week. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, can BYU do anything to improve their seed line with the games that they have remaining on the schedule? Because right now they're projected as an eight or a nine. Is there anything they can do to get up to that seven line? I, I don't know that they improve um, unless Gonzaga plays in the tournament and they and they beat them right. <laughs> They may move up one spot. So say they win out and they they win in the tournament and Gonzaga comes to the tournament and they play them in the finals and lose. They could, they could move up in that scenario, but I don't know that there's anything do, they, they can do here in the regular season uh, to move up at this point. Um, hey, you know what? I'll take it at eight seed right now in the tournament. And, uh, and I think that this is a team that's deep enough and long enough and can match up with different matchups. They can go small. They can go big. You know, last year, one of the issues, as good as they were, they had some issues if they ended up facing a team with a really, really big interior. And uh, this year, they can match up with anything they face. That makes them a, a nice tournament team. So 
I like their chances in eight seed of winning and advancing in the NCAA tournament. Hey, Blaine, only 10 more years on your resume, and uh, we'll let you back into Studio B. No, it's down to six. <laughs> oh, it's down to six. Okay. Wait. Okay. I'm, you guys forgot I'm coming on the 25th to co-host. Am I with, which one of you guys am I with? Me. Oh, that's right. You're, You're with me. Out. You don't even know. I'm Jerem. with Jerem. Yeah. Let's party, <laughs> yeah, Blaine. I'm hang out with Jerem. Spencer needs to adapt. So you just never let me in when both of you are in. And it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's like, oh, no, you can be our friend if our best friend's gone. But Blaine, only it's if our best friend's gone. Come on. <laughs> We'll plan a lunch uh, date. I'll buy you lunch. We'll make okay. amends. I would say let's all go golfing, but I'm looking out my window, and that's not happening for a few days. <laughs> for a I couple think, exactly. So. You've got to wait a while for that. Blaine, thanks for the time, my friend. Uh, all right, guys. Good to talk to you. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's almost been doing this as long as I am old. I, I mean, that's insane. I love Uncle Blaine. He's the best. Uncle Blaine, man. <laughs> Got the guns. He really is the best. Coming up, Cougar position rankings going into the NFL draft. Who's higher than we thought not named Zach Wilson? And which gift would we use to describe the current Zach Wilson breakdown? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Kate Grimmer and the 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team hosts LMU tomorrow, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV. The ladies undefeated in the early part of the season. It's Lemu versus Bew, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done. BYU who? <laughs> Stop it. Random New Mexico fan. Well, you, <laughs> the New Mexico ball is great. You tablet. The Cougars! BYU who? That's great. Here's Jeremiah Spencer. And BYU this won like 52 to 14. Yeah, hey, that was uh, the Jake Keeps and uh, Luke Ashworth game, right? Don't forget Juice Quezada and Cody Hoffman. <laughs> they were great as well. For more 2010 New Mexico Bowl breakdown, stay with us on BYU Sports Listen, Nation. Listen, I got you. <laughs> Let's whip Andrew it. Andrew Rich. Picks. <laughs> the Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Brandon Ogletree. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Oh, man. ESPN's Mina Kimes tweeted, Okay, I've been watching Zach Wilson all morning, and here's my official scouting report mm-hmm. with a gif of Baby Yoda dancing. I thought about saying his name, but for those that haven't seen Mandalorian Season 2, you got to watch. Oh. What gif describes how you feel about Zach's skills? Anything with Justin Bieber in it, Jeremy. <laughs> 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 Anything with Justin Bieber. Because talking about a high-level performer, right? Who with looks the, young. Just a baby face. Yeah. I go uh, Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute raising the roof. <laughs> That's my gift. Yeah, for that. Okay. Yeah. It is your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is Valentine's Day. Yes. Part. Yes. All right, Jerem. Uh, the NCAA plans to allow player guests at each game in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Is this a good decision by the NCAA? No, it's a great one. I, I love it. I'm hoping there are limited fans as well. Listen, they can get some gate in a safe way. We've seen this around the country. BYU uh, has yet to really open its doors beyond family at this point. Uh, BYU's choice. But uh, I love it. Can you imagine how much money people would pay if they were one of the 1,000 people that got to be at like this super exclusive NCAA tournament in person? Some serious coin. Yeah, I think this is a great decision. Yes, family, friends should be there. But why not, like you said, up the ante a little bit and make people pay top dollar to go see a unique event? I feel this way about BYU sporting events right now. Yeah. yeah. People would pay good money to do this. Want some money for all in? Let's go. Six of seven sets this weekend for top-ranked men's volleyball were decided by two points. 
Mexican seventh ring Pepperdine. I hadn't seen that before. That's crazy. Are you surprised by how close the matches were? No, it's early in the season. Now, if BYU were beating Pepperdine by two points a set and they were going into extra points last match of the season for the MPSF tournament, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. But it's so early right now, Jerem, that I, I don't just win. Just win. And they got Will Stanley back, and BYU's undefeated with Will Stanley in the lineup, so I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned, but it does give me pause because it's like, oh, Pepperdine was out two starters. Um, BYU was not, and BYU is clearly the best team in the country um, after the Hawaii match last year. So, yeah, a little bit, but after 25-6 to six, and then go a run of six straight do sets, that was interesting. Maybe Pepperdine's a little bit better than we think. I don't know. We just got to see things shake They're out. good. I wouldn't call them great, though. Yeah. Okay, let's stay with volleyball. Returning player of the year, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. Hitting 392 this season. He's got five aces. Man, that dude just absolutely destroys the ball from the service line. Is he the best athletic student currently on campus at BYU? Thanks for calling it properly. Student athlete, that's what they say. We call him athletic students. Um, yes, Connor Mance is challenging this, though, as a runner, which we will get to in a moment. But Gabby Garcia Fernandez hit 800 last Saturday, and then on Friday he hit 833. That's unbelievable. Still had a good match uh, two days ago on Saturday, but yeah, he's the best student uh, athletic student on campus right now. If it's not Gabby Garcia Fernandez, it's Michaela Coulihan, Jerem. Okay. okay. We're talking about a player that said to the National Women's Soccer League, I'm going to stay at BYU in the spring and the fall. So you said that to an inanimate object? You don't need to draft me. And they still drafted her 14th overall. That's when you know that you're an elite level athlete, right? Yeah, Larry Bird did that too. Okay, so yeah, M- Michaela Kulan. It's not Gabby, it's Michaela for me and mm-hmm. BYU Women's Soccer. Okay, over the weekend, the men's track trio of Connor Mance, Casey Klinger, and Brandon Ganika? Ganika? Ganika, yeah. Uh, finished 1, 2, and 3 in the 5,000 meters at the University of Washington Invite. Each now holds the top three times in the event at BYU and in the NCAA and the world this season. Are you impressed? Yes, to put that lightly. That was unbelievable what they did as a team this weekend. To come up with all-time all time marks at BYU. We're talking about a program that has some heralded history. Yeah. That's coached by a legend and former Olympian. We're talking about multiple Olympic medalists within the BYU uh, history books of track and field. So for them to go and set all-time records in the program and all do it on the same weekend, that was incredible. Number one team, uh, the cross-country team, women's team is number two. The track and field teams are going to bump up in the rankings, too. Yeah, the, the world part is the one that gets me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have there not been any meets I'm or excuse, something? Excuse like, me, what? That's, that's incredible. But the fact that they're doing that at BYU and this season in the NCAA, pretty stinking awesome. Yeah, and they're already, like, essentially booking their spots in the regional championship qualifying. Which is awesome. I guess and, they're taking care of that. And frankly, indoor track for BYU has been good but not great over time, right? The fact that they're great right now is it's amazing. Okay, coming out of the fight song says rain or snow. Which team took that literally over the weekend? I love this story. And is Zach Wilson the 11th best overall player in the draft? Who said that? This is BYU Sports Nation. Who said that? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get ready for Cougar Hoops in March with the chance to win one of five BYU basketball fan packs that includes an autographed basketball, Roku, to watch the Cougs on BYU TV and otherwise, official team shirt, poster, and more. Go to BYUSN.com for details. The giveaway runs through February 24th. BYU broadcasting employees and relatives are ineligible. 
Hope you're enjoying a late breakfast or doing something enjoyable on this President's Day. Someone on demand tonight is like, it is way past that. Hope you're enjoying a late bowl of cereal or some dessert at 1 o'clock in the morning whenever you're watching this show. That's the beauty of it. You can watch, listen whenever you feel like it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are doing it live, Jerem, for those that are watching live from Studio B. And we are currently discussing... The big board from NFL draft scout Matt Miller, who released his top 300 players, Jeremy. And listen to this. Zach Wilson, according to Matt Miller, who is a respected NFL draft scout, the 11th best player overall, third best quarterback. We just put up a graphic a few minutes ago showing Zach essentially as the second quarterback drafted from everybody else, whether it be to the New York Jets at number two or to the Falcons at number four. Then in comes Matt Miller. So is it? That the most surprising ranking, or is it his buddy Dax Milne at the 27th best receiver, Brady Christensen, 13th best offensive tackle, Tristan Hodge, interior offensive lineman, 17th best there, Kyrus Tonga, number 18, Chris Wilcox, the 36th best cornerback, or Matt Bushman not ranked at all? Which of those jumps off the page most to you? Uh, it's the fact that Tristan Hodge is probably on the radar, uh, which is great. The top 17, that's awesome. Brady Christensen, PFF keeps screaming that he's like one of the best Number guys. Number one! Yet we're not seeing that translate into you know a position um, you know high up, 13 for Brady. So that's probably like a third or fourth rounder kind of guy, which is totally fine. I would love for him to sneak into the second. I, th- I think that'd be great. Who had Chris Wilcox as a top 36 corner? I, I think that's awesome. And we've been told, I mean, even his freshman year, we were told, Hey, he's got some NFL talent. We were like, oh, that's quite a statement. That's pretty, mm-hmm. that's pretty bold. Kind of Michael Davis vibes there a little bit, right? He reminds me of Michael Davis. Like, not crazy flashy, not picking off a ton of passes. But, but fast yes, and long can cover. and super athletic. He can cover, man. Yes. He opted out of the bowl game because he wanted to prepare because he knows he's, he's got a shot. Matt Bushman not ranked. Sticks out a little bit, too. That one's a shocker to me. Off the radar because he's hurt. That makes sense. And people aren't going to remember a ton of what he did. Like Matt never had that real statistically dominant season. Of course, he has great hands. There are some metrics that quantify like, oh, he had like no drops or whatever two years ago. But in terms of – he didn't have like a 800-yard season or a, even a you know a 700-yard, I don't think. Led BYU for three years, but BYU did not pass the ball very well individually to those receivers. So, yeah, it's great to have like six or seven dudes in the mix, so I like this. We don't have Isaiah Kafusi on there. We don't have Troy Warner on there. Those guys are probably undrafted guys. But I think they'll uh, they'll get a shot in the NFL. Imagine if Honey Hands, Matt Bushman, had Such a funny something close to <laughs> what Isaac Rex had. Let's say Matt Bushman had nine or ten touchdown catches. Yeah, massive number. Then he would be a day two guy. He'd be like, oh, he's a third-round draft pick. Yeah, Matt Bushman, reliable, yeah. great hands, another great BYU tight end. BYU's got good history there with Dennis Pitta and Chad Lewis. Hello, Jerem. Because he Hello, didn't Dennis. play... He's just lost. Yeah, for sure. He just so I feel like Matt Bushman in a way has an opportunity to do kind of like a Wani Unga thing, where it's like injury late in the career, but you go and you impress, you get picked up as an undrafted free agent. But I think Matt will have more staying power than Wani. Like he won't play just you know a season or two. I think Matt could be the guy that lasts in the NFL for six or seven years. That'd be awesome because Matt Bushman has some Travis Kelsey attributes. Like he can get open. He's a big target. Great hands. How well can he block is going to be a question you'll have to answer at the next level. But, it's yeah, Zach Wilson, we kind of know what he is, 
right? And it's the second or third quarterback taken. And if he's the 11th best overall and falls down in that area and ends up with Carolina or San Francisco? Well, that doesn't necessarily translate right. to picks. What, what right? do teams need? Yeah, yes, because when we look at the NFL draft, tell me, do, does this team need a quarterback? Jaguars, yes. Yep. Jets, yes. Yep. Dolphins, no. Mm. Uh, Falcons, yep. yes. Bengals, no. Eagles, no, they're probably on, not. They're in on Jalen Hurts. Lions, no. Now with Jared Goff, mm-hmm. uh, Panthers, yep. yes. They're not long term on on Teddy Bridgewater. It looks like Broncos, yep. yes. That's one we've not talked about. If he slides, Broncos could pick him. Could just be over them mountains. Well, I'm seeing a bunch of Denver fans chime in recently on social media saying, "Trade up and get the kid from BYU." They like him. They're not in on Drew Locke, right? They gave him oh. kind of a year and a half. Uh, Cowboys, no. Giants. They're probably going to stick it out with Daniel mm-hmm. Jones another mm-hmm. year or two. And then Niners. Yeah, I, I agree with Blaine. I don't see any way, any way, that Zach drops past 12. Now, some of these teams could opt. Like, the Jets could say, listen, we are bringing Sam Darnold back, and we're going to give him another year. It's a new staff. Hey, maybe they come in and they say, we like Sam. Let's see what we can do with him. And they take Penny Sewell, left tackle from Oregon, uh, you know, out of southern Utah, by the way. Um, so... Yeah, it's not necessarily going to be quarterback, quarterback. There's going to be some surprises in that. But I'd be shocked if Zach falls out of the top 10, sure. let alone to 12. Based on those team needs, those quarterback yes. needs. And who jumps up that really, really likes him. I don't see a Julio Jones or Mitch Trubisky situation where you're selling the farm to go get Zach. But maybe, who knows? Like, like uh, When you're in love, you get desperate. And if a team's <laughs> in love with Zach, hey, let's go. Dax Milne is the 27th best wide receiver. Are there going to be 27 wide receivers drafted in the 200 and whatever picks there are, 262 and, and picks? Yeah, again, one of my principles, right? Beware the one guy saying the one thing. So, it's, hey, he's the 27. One team may say the Patriots might be like, dude, you're the next Julian Edelman for us. Or 190th you know I mean? overall. So that would, just by the number <laughs> alone, Jeremy would have Dax going in like, the fifth or sixth round. Oh, he, he said his goal was fourth. So that'd be great. If Dax Milne is drafted, that's tremendous. That's great. Think about where he came from. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Think of where all these guys came from. Bingham Tristan Hodge is the only guy that would make sense getting drafted. Because out of high school, he was the number one center in the country and signed with Notre Dame. Brady Christensen was a two-star underweight offensive lineman. Yep. That's a return missionary. Yep. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Him getting three to the star NFL? Guy three star guy didn't get an offer from the school that he grew up cheering for. Like the, the, He couldn't get and a then, look. And then later told Boise Dave State. McCann, Blaine, and myself, hey, Utah doesn't develop the quarterbacks at the, the level, you know, in hindsight, that would have been wanted. So I don't know that mm. he would have gone to Utah anyway. Yeah, tells Boise State no, comes to BYU. Yeah. And Boise State has a couple of quarterbacks that have had a, a – you know, a fling in the NFL. Kellen Moore, of course, was amazing at Boise State. OC for the Cowboys now. Baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So whether he wants to be a BYU candidate or not, he will always be <laughs> discussed in that vein. And then, uh, you know, Rippin, Brett Rippon still in the NFL as a backup. I'm looking at these players. Man, I'm hopeful the BYU has four draft picks. Oh, that'd be great. That would be fantastic. To go from, like, one a year to none sometimes to having multiple. That's the f- those are the fruits of the labors of a great season. There's a reason that BYU's not had a ton of draft picks recently. It's because BYU's not done anything yeah. in a season. I think they will have three at minimum. Recently. Four would be fantastic. <sighs> Five feels like it's a stretch, but yeah, three would be amazing. Okay, coming up, running in the snow. Is this advisable? <laughs> 
And a handwritten letter earns my rising shout-out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Always love those. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, show always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast as well. Listen to it anytime, eat at any time you want, and listen to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our qu- just, just Google it. Just do it. Our question of the day should also answer this. Should BYU quarterback Zach Wilson not being voted as a captain at BYU Matter when it comes to the approaching NFL draft. In response, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at ML 17 on Twitter. Yes, yes, it should matter. Anything that keeps him from playing for the Jets. Hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> now, they hope they got the right guy, and we like Robert Sala because we think the Niners have been a sound organization the yeah. last couple of years, right? And then uh, Mike LaFleur, the quarterback's coach, we think that offense was a good system. That offense was used with the... Washington football team a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and, and one John Beck was there. Um, and, I like that and, John Beck. And liked. <laughs> yes. If only the Dolphins had as well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see whatever. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Okay. Uh, mine goes to the uh, men and women's uh, track team. So they not only did work on the, on, uh, you know, on the course, on the track, but they also got in a jog in the snow in Seattle. And uh, Como News 4, uh, Doug Pigsley, took these images of the women's team and the men's team running around. But listen, rain or snow, they're out there in the snow. Very a nice. post-race jog through the snow. Are you kidding me? Luckily, no one slipped. It's unbelievable. My rise and shout-out goes to my friend Ivy, an elite eight-year-old member of BYU Sports Nation and a fan of women's sports. Her dad posted a handwritten letter to me on Twitter expressing how much she loves the BYU women's sports, basketball specifically. I agree, Ivy. The women of BYU athletics are absolutely crushing uh. it. They're amazing. That's why we cover those teams and have live games like no other place here on BYU TV. Love chatting with them, interviewing them, and uh, they're, they're tremendous, and they're still crushing it, even at an even higher level right now. Yeah, let's Shine the light bright on the BYU women's athletics team. Ivy, awesome right. stuff. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Okay, uh, sorry to Dennis Bitter. Ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jaden Thornock Beck. Listen to BYU women's soccer 3 Eastern today against number 14 USC and BYU Radio 107.9. Go Cougs.